from the big screen to the small screen and everything in between. This is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hey guys, welcome to the Screeners Podcast. My name is Melody. This is Chad. I'm Chris. And I'm Daniel. We're here again to talk about all things media, and we are excited for a very packed full episode this week. So we are going to do a double feature uh, of Atomic Blonde and Valerian. So be excited, people. First, we're going into Valerian. This mission is a simple in and out. Agent Valerian, you'll be running solo. I only work with my partner. Hi. We're a team. Let's go. running nearly 20 minutes late. Yeah, well, time flies when you're having fun. The IMDb description is as follows. A dark force threatens Alpha, a vast metropolis and home to species from a thousand planets. Special operatives Valerian and Laureline must race to identify the marauding menace and safeguard not just Alpha, but the future of the universe. That sounds intense. That sounds intense. Now, it's no secret that Luc Besson is a very prolific director. He has a style that is uh, unique. He's brought us such features as the infamous, should I say infamous, Fifth Element. I know a lot of people love that movie. Chris, I think you really like it, right? Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah, it's terrible. I hate that movie. Yeah, it's awful. I I think the correct... This is the reason why you guys aren't going to like this movie, but I I would would consider that to be a cult classic in the... That's fair. I would agree. That's fair. I I would agree with that. So there are people that hate it. I am particularly one of those people that love it. I think it's wonderful. That is fair. There is no doubt that the commoners like movies like this, no doubt. (laughs) He also has done Leon the Professional, Taken 2, a lot of stuff. Lucy, I know a lot of people like Lucy. But this is, a, this is a director that is never boring. He's always interesting. Mm. Now, the, the, a new wrinkle to this movie is that it's being reported that this is possibly the most expensive independent film ever made at a budget north of $200 million. And there is no doubt that he's trying to create and launch a new trilogy. He has said in interviews he's oh. already written the sequel and is halfway through the third script even before this movie launched. So the question I'm going to ask you guys tonight, number one, give me your general thoughts of City of a Thousand Planets, and then number two, tell me, somewhere in your review, is this worthy to launch a new franchise? (laughs) Daniel, let's start with you. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad I get to start this. Boy, this movie sucks so bad. I really (laughs) hate this movie. I hate this type of movie. Uh, Mm. I hate the ideas behind this movie. Um. I hate they, they hate the ideas behind this movie. Please you explain that. Yes, the ideas. I, I hate, what does that mean? I hate this idea the same ideas behind Jupiter Ascending. That if you just throw a bunch of crap on screen and just put a bunch of people <laughs> in prosthetics, that, that people are gonna go, Oh, how visually interesting. Oh, it's visually magnificent. Oh, forget that the rest of the movie sucks so bad, but visually it's beautiful. I hate that. It's it's so it, it belittles the mind because the rest of this movie is awful. Wow. It is awful. Daniel, uh, just to clarify, this movie belittled your mind. It did. I don't know if that's a uh, that even makes sense as a sentence, but it did that. Uh, so, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Valerian is uh, there's nothing new here. Um, nothing at all. There's nothing new or special about this movie. <laughs> the, the only thing that everybody will talk about is the visuals. Oh, the visuals of this movie, the visuals. Here's the thing. 
everything else sucks. Uh, the visuals are fine, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't remember the plot of this movie. The plot was forgettable as it was happening. It was in one ear, out the other. So the plot is forgettable. Uh, the dialogue is atrocious. It's embarrassing. <laughs> right from the get-go. I mean, the first scene with Valerian and Lorelai uh, w- was, was horrible. And on top of that, I've never in my life, ever, ever seen a worse cast movie than this film. <laughs> um, Dane DeHaan wow. and Cara Delevingne are are so horribly suited for these roles. Valerian is supposed to be like this legendary military agent and some super ladies man, like notorious for always sleeping with all. Have they seen Dane DeHaan? Like what? <laughs> Who did they think they wow. cast in this Daniel, role? M- many people Daniel find is him even, very attractive to Daniel. He's I'm even just... coming down <laughs> on the real man himself. <laughs> look, wow, dude. Look. Like, come on. Settle down a little. It's, it's no, okay. no, no. I like it. I like Goodness. it, Chris. I like Daniel when he's wow. angry. Go ahead. Look, Go ahead, Daniel. So here's Keep the going. Thing. Here's the thing. They, wow. They, they felt like... Uh, I'll, I'll, yes, I was making fun of Dana Han, but genuinely... They, they felt like teenagers. Like, not, not insulting the actors themselves. Like, the way that they played these characters... It felt like two teenagers on screen, and they're supposed to be these legendary military agents or secret agents or whatever they're supposed to be, and True. and they felt like teenagers. I didn't understand it at all. They didn't feel even close to the characters that they were supposed to be, um, so I really didn't understand that. And, of course, I've not read the comics uh, that this is based upon, so I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's how they are in the comics, and so that's why they were cast. I don't know, but given the way that the characters were described in the film it didn't make any sense to me at all that was my biggest pet peeve and they they had terrible chemistry so it was horrible to watch the two of them on screen it really was and the dialogue made it even worse all of that just makes for a terrible viewing experience so are the visuals horrible no everybody's going to talk about how beautiful this film is i don't think it's anything special i really don't um we've seen a, a movie with great visuals that also has a great plot and great characters and things like that. And so uh, I, I, I could get, I could care less if the movie's beautiful. Give me something else. Give me something to care about. So Daniel, just to, just to clarify, you don't think it's going to launch a new trilogy. <laughs> He's very know. excited have about I, it. Have, I, have, have I been unclear? About? Have I been unclear? Haven't, haven't you understood that? <laughs> He's really excited. Ooh. He's pumped. Ready for number two. Okay. Uh, so let me let me just wrap up oh, there's very more. quickly. No, just no, Go ahead. Uh, very quickly. Go ahead. Uh, this is better now than the gonna mummy. Say, now he's going to say better some good than things. the mummy. That's all oh. I'm going to say. Oh, it's better than the mummy. <laughs> nice. Yeah. To recap, Daniel not only hates the movie, but he hates everyone that worked in the movie. <laughs> he yeah. didn't say that. Yeah. It, it, it belittled his mind. <laughs> and it literally. He literally lost IQ points wow. and lost words out of his vocabulary. He is so angry. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now, Chris, we're going to have the yin to the yang here. I, I am, I really I, I am wanna, guessing I, here. I really want to hear from you first before I go, just because I, I know, I have a feeling I know what both of you guys are going to be talking about. You don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I, I, think, want you I think to, I do. Unfortunately for you, I get to lead the segment, uh, so I want to hear what you say first, and then I'll come in and bring sense mm. to the far left and far right that we have going on here tonight <laughs> around right. Valerian and A Thousand Planets. Chris, tell us about it. So a couple of, well, I guess it's been about a week and a half now. This movie's been in, in theaters, and it's pretty much a box office failure, at least uh, yeah. at least domestically. But when it first came out, um, I know, Daniel, you sent out a Facebook update and uh, said those things. And then I said, I want to talk about this movie with you because <laughs> I pretty much disagree with you on every point. 
But I should have said, I, I disagree with you on every point except for one. And and it's kind of, it is a, a key point and it's a little disappointing because I think the rest of the movie uh, could have been saved if it would have been recast. I, I can't disagree yeah. with you that Dane DeHaan and Cara Delevingne have very little chemistry. Uh, and it's unfortunate. It, it really is because they're their relationship is supposed to be central to you believing uh, what's going on here. And it is very hard to believe them in those roles. So I will definitely begin there and say that is absolutely the case. There's, there's no doubt that they were unfortunately miscast. Um, I think, I think that Luke Besson was going for something. Maybe he missed the mark. Uh, Other, other actors may have been able to live up to it, but unfortunately they didn't. I'm not saying that they're not good actors. Maybe they are, uh, but they just weren't. They just didn't fit this role. They're supposed to be hardened criminals, revered throughout the galaxy, and they look like you know they just you know had their you know sweet sixteen or whatever. They look very <laughs> young, even though Dane DeHaan is like thirty four or something like yeah. that. He's he's actually quite you know he's 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 older. So right. anyway, so I will say that number one, absolutely, that's the case. There are some there's some some tro- atrocious dialogue that is also true. However, I will say there is some amazing. I'm a science fiction nerd, okay? There are some amazing concepts and ideas in this movie. The first 10 minutes of this movie had me to a level where I kind of just bought in and was ready to go for the rest of the ride. I don't know if you even remember the first 10 minutes. I actually will say that was the best part of the movie. I liked that setup. I will say that. It was, and, and for you to say that there's nothing new here, that's just not true. I'm sorry. It just isn't. Um, there are some amazing moments. And then uh, the opening sequence basically is a, it's, I didn't know what Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets were. I had no idea. I had no uh, connection with a comic book. Um, you know, it, it's a very French, European thing. So I just didn't have any connection with it. But the, I didn't realize it was like a, you know, a space station where you know people came and it was like a peaceful uh, place where people can uh, from different races and uh, different alien cultures could come together and share knowledge uh, and share their ideas of what the future can be and, and live together peacefully and coexist that way. And the, the how that came to be, I thought the first 10 minutes of this movie were fantastic. The creature designs um, that you see for just 30 seconds or five seconds at the beginning of this movie are absolutely wonderful and incredible. They are very well designed, but not only that, but they also they 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 do this thing called world building that I thought was very very well well crafted and well done. So I love their setup for this uh, for this film. Um, and then I will say, and I think this isn't going to go into spoilers uh, with me saying this, but there are sequences, sci-fi concepts in here that are so well crafted and manufactured, and and just from a filmmaking standpoint, I, I'm blown away when I saw, it, especially the market sequence. There's a, there's a sequence that is taking place on two different parallel universes happening at the same time. It is amazing uh, that that someone could be able to not only make that sequence, but also make it make sense with very little kind of like trying to explain everything. It's very physical, um, and it's it's fantastic. Uh, if the movie could have like lived up to that sequence as far as storytelling goes because I really do think that that is like the perfect you could even take that into a film course and say here is a perfect example of being able to convey story through action um, that is very unique and in a way that could be complex and in, in the hands of a lesser filmmaker could be confusing and terrible but in my opinion that sequence uh, deserves uh, more viewings. Going back and saying, "Whoa, whoa, how's that working?" It's just amazing. The box that he had, uh, the people viewing this this 
uh, interdimensional shopping center. It's just, it was an incredible, an incredible sequence. Daniel, I've never seen anything like that in film before. Maybe you have, um, but I haven't. So I think that's brand new. There, there are other instances of that, other characters that are brought in throughout the entire entirety of this film that I think are really well done. Um, and I think, honestly, even though the the main actors and um, the, the way that they portrayed those characters I wish would have been better, I still think that the overall experience of this movie uh, is fantastic. And if you are someone who enjoys the experience of a movie, not just, you're saying, you know, oh, it's just it just looks pretty, it just looks pretty. But honestly, sometimes you want to go to the theater, or I do, I shouldn't say you, I want to sit down in the theater. I want to be kind of just swept up in a world and go on this kind of crazy ride. This is not meant to be grounded. This is somewhere in between Star Wars and Rick and Morty. (laughs) If you're familiar with the Rick and Morty television series, that's where we are here in the the middle of those two places. This is not uh, anything more than that. Um, And for me, though, I I, I, that's unique. Um, I, I don't think. They're trying to be talked down to the audience. I don't think there's a moment here where um, Luc Besson is trying to insult our intelligence. Honestly, I think uh, what he's trying to do is give us something unique that we've never seen before. And on that level, I really do think he succeeds. Um, Even the plot itself I found to be quite interesting and different and obviously weird. Uh, But that's okay. Sometimes it's all right to be weird. I would say that in 10 years from now, we will not be talking about a great deal many of the movies that we reviewed this summer, but we but there will be a group of people <laughs> that will be discussing Valerian in a City of a Thousand Planets. This will be another cult classic that will be appreciated more 10 years from now than it was now. It'll be like that Firefly moment. Oh, man, we would, I wish we would have known what we would have had. Um, mm. I, I really do think uh, that this will, this will be uh, remembered. But just because there's nothing like it. and Because your, your argument, I really do feel like, is just not, not true. Because I, I really do believe there's stuff in here that we've never seen anywhere else, period. So point, that's, that's my thoughts. Yeah. So Chris's counterpoint is that not only does he like the families and the people that worked on this show, yes, but in fact, we will be talking about this movie for yay generations. <laughs> just, just like Fifth Element has that cult class. Just like you said, you didn't like it. You, you guys didn't like the Fifth Element. There's going to be a group of people. Right. I think the group. main reason people will talk like will talk about this movie is because it cost as much as it did. Yeah. I don't think uh, so. I think, I, th- I think they'll be talking think so. about the the storytelling so. and the amazing concepts and <laughs> ideas that they've they've now seen in other oh, films. Oh, Chris. Just so like was, the Fifth so, Element. Just like the Fifth so, Element. <laughs> I'm serious. So here's I know you're serious. That's why I love you so much. So here's here's the thing. Yeah. I was actually with Chris for most of what he said. Until there at the very end where he got into the even the story and the plot, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. uh, in no scenario is this story or plot uh, even remotely original or interesting um, to me anyway. But I am going to have what? to say What? It's not original? This, you would say this no. is not an original story? No. I think the characters and the world that he has built is original. I think the beats of the plot are not original. I don't see how you could even argue that. But anyway... <laughs> So for me, I'm going to fall right in the middle of you two guys. Now, I'm going to be honest and say here that the first maybe outside of the opening, which I agree was was compelling and actually gave me hope. uh, It settles in right after that when we meet Valerian and the other characters, Loreline. And 
for the next 30 or 40, maybe even 50 minutes, I was really having a hard time not hating this movie. <laughs> it was very it was very beautiful. I agree with Chris that the action set pieces were interesting and choreographed in a way that is unique, especially the one that you're talking about with the interdimensional thing. I, I really a- appreciated that marketplace awesome. scene. I thought that was very cool. But... It doesn't work on me as much when I don't care about the characters around it. So that's why it wasn't as thrilling as it could be. But there's a weird thing in this movie that happened. And um, I don't know how to talk about it without giving a little minor spoiler. And, and, and a spoiler only in as much as I'm going to talk about a plot detail that happens. It's, it's not a big plot detail. Uh, but if you don't want to hear it, then uh, then skip ahead. But for me, there's a section in this movie where they go underwater to retrieve a thing. I'll leave it generic like that. And something happened from that point moving forward where it actually started to connect with me because Uh at that point, everything converged in a way where it was clear what their objectives were. And then beyond that, it started to embrace the kind of movie that it was. There were some extended scenes there where they really amped up the campiness and they were... They were winking at the camera a little bit, not in an insulting manner, because I agree with you, Chris, but in a way where it started to employ the quirkiness that is prevalent in The Fifth Element at a level that I didn't think it did in the first half of the movie. Hmm. And when it got into that tone for me, I actually began to enjoy this movie. I actually began to like what it was doing. Now, to be clear and and to reemphasize the fact that I'm in the middle of you guys, I agree with Daniel. The writing is terrible. The casting is awful. The visuals, as far as what we see, they're certainly beautiful, and you can see the money on the screen. But I also agree that I wouldn't say they're revolutionary or something we haven't seen before. It's just a lot of it. But there's something that happened right around that moment till the end. I mean, there's a scene in here with Rihanna uh, as a character who she plays called Bubbles where she's introduced to Valerian. And I think that's trying to be uh, analogous to the opera scene in The Fifth Element. This is this movie's version of that. And that scene really worked for me. I thought that was really cool. That character was cool. I wish she would have was more. really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, I wish we spent more time with her. I wish we spent more time with Ethan Hawke's character. All that stuff. Oh man, all, Ethan Hawke shows stuff. up in this movie too. I forgot yeah. about that until you just now said all it. I totally forgot. All of that stuff really worked for me. Yeah. And so then it gets to the end, to the last thing that happens, yeah. and then it reverts to a lot of more of the same. But there was that sweet, sweet 45 minutes there, right towards <laughs> the middle end of the movie, where I found myself actually enjoying the movie so well now hang on you, you like the first 10 minutes you liked a sequence yeah, before like that and then there's 45 so that's 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 I a liked, movie man i liked about 40 percent of the movie so oh, what okay. i'm saying is that if you at the end of it there's no universe where i can say this is a good movie there's no universe where i could say you must run out and see this movie right now but I also cannot conversely be on the hate train with Daniel and say that this movie is garbage and that it's no good and not worth seeing at all because I think there is an audience that will enjoy this movie. And for me, I enjoyed enough of it that I just can't say objectively it's terrible and I hate it. It's not the worst thing that I've seen. It's certainly not as bad as I had anticipated it would be. So for me, Daniel... I. I guess I'm leaning a little more towards the love side tonight with Chris and not Fair as enough. much as not on, on the hate train like you. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Hey, look, the thing is, like I said, I mean, I've I've already seen worse movies this summer. I think The Mummy is a worse movie than this. I think Transformers 5 is a worse movie than this. Wonder uh, Woman is also worse than this. That Sorry. is baloney. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Wait, no, are you being serious when you say that? I mean, the ending of Wonder Woman is worse than the worst parts of this movie, but I don't what? have to get into all that right oh, now. Oh, man. I, that is, <laughs> wow. I'm in pain. Please continue. Oh my Please gosh. continue, Daniel. So, as much as I railed against it, yes, the the first, I, I wouldn't say it's ten minutes, maybe maybe five minutes. That whole sequence, kind of setting up the world, was interesting. I did, I did like that. Um, but that's the only part that worked for me. Um, I, I Even just, the interdimensional marketplace didn't work for you. No, it really didn't. It really oh didn't. I just, I'm just not. I don't know. That's not we, you, man. This is just not. And this is what it, I've realized is yeah, that this, it's not. this kind of film is just not you. And that's fine. It's not, that's yeah. okay. Not a problem. But yeah, I think that's, there is. That's what the thing we realized that, is this kind of movie is me, yeah. Chris. This that's is me, man. And that, that, said, that's exactly right. That's exactly Chad why said, I felt like we need to talk about it. Chad said there's an audience for this movie, and he's exactly right. I do not deny. There, there yeah. is an audience for this movie. I will not deny that at all. There, there is a segment of, po- of the population like Chris that loves this sort of thing. And here's the thing. I love blockbusters. I think that's been firmly established on this podcast. It's not that I hate CGI or hate right. whatever. I just, I, 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 don't, I don't enjoy this type of throwing it all on the screen and, and seeing what sticks. Um, that's just and not. That is not what this is at all. But okay. <laughs> so yeah, I actually I, I actually agree with Chris there. I think there's a lot of thought put into the man. into the choreography of what's happening here. But I do I do agree that the perception of this movie and Daniel, we're just going to disagree here. But I think that the perception of this movie and, and the reason it's bombing uh, outside of maybe the media, I think it's about fifty percent or so reviews, is that when you see the trailer for this movie, it has the trappings of and don't take a to this Daniel but a San Andreas like <laughs> film where everything is just like from the trailer it looks like it's just going to be thrown up on there and right. just the spectacle will get you into the theater and we all know that that used to work in 1995 but it doesn't work anymore <laughs> there's so movie, many movies like Arrival I can enjoy Arrival I loved Arrival my favorite movie of last year no doubt but so many movies that are sci-fi kind of go for that hard sci-fi we're going to explore the human condition. And then there's this, which is comic booky, <laughs> zany, crazy. But there's some sci-fi elements in there that you're like, whoa, well, let me think about that for a minute. That is a really neat idea that I've never even thought about. And they just did it. You know what I mean? I, it's just it's, it's, a, it's a completely different. But I appreciate both so much. And I'm a sci-fi guy. So that kind of is what, what leads me in this direction. Is I guess I get caught up in the concepts um and i can forgive not completely but i can forgive some of the missteps in dialogue and the miscasting which i i cannot i cannot agree more that those are problems however i think the concepts alone are worth the price of admission here and for you that just isn't that's not appealing or interesting but for me man i couldn't Ugh, that's why i want to go that's it man that's Fair it. enough. That's true. If this had like a romantic comedy element to it, Daniel would be on the train. That's true. <laughs> hey, that's my type of movie. Alas. That is. That's fair enough. It doesn't. And yeah. that's fair. So you like that. Daniel yeah. likes that. I like very dour movies about the existence <laughs> of life. So, you know, it is what it is. We all yeah. like what we like. That's why but, movies uh, are beautiful. We all have different things. That is it. Well, guys, I don't know that we necessarily need to dive into spoilers here, but before we leave, let's go around quickly and let people know if we think they should see this in the theater. Is it playing if in the theater sh- anymore? <laughs> it is. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. I just yeah, wondered, I didn't know if it was even it an option. It is around here anyway. Okay. Um, 
and uh, or if they should rent it Ooh. or skip it altogether. And it's yeah. ought to be interesting here. So let's go to Daniel. Uh, Daniel, what do you think? Theater, sk- rental, or skip it? I know you expected an immediate skip it. Uh, but like we said earlier, I, I totally, totally know that there is an audience for this movie who would really in- enjoy it. That's not me. But if you like crazy sci-fi, if you love big spectacle, things like that, you, you might enjoy this movie. Um, I don't, but you might. And so I think if that's your thing, maybe you should see it in theaters or, or rent it. But if, if those aren't your thing, then you're probably going to hate this movie as much as I did. And uh, so, yeah, it's just kind of it's – hard, it's hard to give her a yes or no because it's I know – It's not. So this is, this is a classic Daniel not answering the question. <laughs> yeah. Daniel, I feel like you're answer the question. Here, man. I feel like you're Pete, just... don't, don't try to, like, spec out for okay, the all right. great masses. All right. Answer your question. If you enjoy my reviews, usually you usually side with me. <laughs> oh, then man. No, he just can't do it. Don't see this. Can't do it. Don't see this in the theater. He's too nice. He's too nice. He can't just say what he thinks. All right. He man. wants you to skip it, people. Skip it. That's yeah. what he's trying to say. All right, Christopher. Look, I forgot to mention this. I saw this in 3D. It's been a long time. This movie is awesome in in 3D. You should if you if you like movies and you enjoy spectacles. Man, see this in theater, see it in 3D. It really makes a big difference. Uh, I, I thought the 3D was spectacular in this movie. So, yeah, go see this thing in the, in the theater. Uh, I think you'll have a good time with it. I really do. Okay, and just like our reviews, I'm going to split the difference. It's a clear rental for me. It's not really worth seeing in the theater. Did you see it in 3D? I, I did, and it's fine. It, oh, it's good. Man. It's good. I just, it's fine. But again, visuals only, it's long enough that after about 15, 20 minutes, it's, you, you get over the, oh, effect, <laughs> and it's just kind of more bad story. But in, anyway, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's worth a solid rental. It's not going to have the same impact at home that it will on the big screen. Yeah. But as far as just the quality of the movie, I don't think it's a straight skip. I think it's a solid right down the middle rental and could do worse for five bucks on a Friday night. So yeah. uh, those are our thoughts on Valerian. And with that, we'll move on to our review of Atomic Blonde. I chose this life. And someday, it's going to get me killed. But not today. Lorraine Broughton, expert in intelligence collection and hand-to-hand combat. Agent Gascoigne was killed last night. Did you know him? Enough to say, though. The IMDb description of Atomic Blonde is, An undercover MI6 agent is sent to Berlin during the Cold War to investigate the murder of a fellow agent and recover a missing list of double agents. Atomic Blonde stars Charlize Theron, uh, James McAvoy, John Goodman, uh, and I can't wait to discuss this movie with you guys. So uh, let's just go ahead and dive right into the movie, shall we? Uh, Chad, what did you think, just in general, first, before we get into spoilers, because I think we definitely should have a spoiler talk about this movie, but what yep. generally did you think about Atomic Blonde? Well, this is this is one of the... Uh, a hard one for me because it has all the elements and trappings of the kind of movie that I typically really love. Uh, but just to boil it down very quickly, I didn't love this movie. I liked it. 
Um, and I think probably it's because it takes such a long time in the setup of what is ostensibly an almost unbreakable plot <laughs> that, I mean, there were literally moments every 10 or 15 minutes where I just didn't understand. And listen, I'm not the smartest uh, guy on the block, but I'm also not dumb, and I've seen a lot of movies, and I typically don't have a hard time understanding what's going on, even if it's convoluted. But this movie perplexed me in as much as I had no idea for a long period of time why things were happening, who people were, what their motivations were. And, of course, this is a spy genre, so there's a lot of, you know, without going into spoilers, there's a lot of double-crossing and all this other stuff. But it wasn't that part of it. It was just kind of... This movie, I think, does a poor job of establishing just the basics of what is happening in this world. And then the action happens, and the action is stellar. I mean, this has some of the best hand-to-hand combat uh, scenes, I mean, right up there with the best of Born. It's just, it's it's really exciting in that regard. So when those two things come together, it just leaves me right in the middle of not loving it, but also really appreciating uh, the action. I like the character. I think her character could be interesting in future movies. But overall, I'm somewhat mixed medium on this movie just because Everything was so unnecessarily complicated and not clear that I just wasn't able to fully embrace what it was doing until about the last third when it gets very clear what's happening. And then you're able to enjoy it a lot more, at least I was. So for me, Mm -hmm. uh, a like but not a love because it was just really first half is a slog for me. Hmm. Okay. All right. Melody, how about for you? Are things a little more clear with Atomic Blonde for you? Well, I think that Chad's assessment of this film is going to make a lot of people feel better because we walked out of the theater after seeing this movie and the people walking behind us were just like, I have no idea what we just saw. Like they were going on and on. It was so really We live live in Siesta Key. We live in Siesta Key where MTV will have you think uh, all the cool kids. Please do not give that any more air time. However, Siesta Key is where all the old folks go. And this is I think you're being... I think you're being ageist. Are you saying first that of I didn't all, understand this because I'm old? No. Yes. First of all, this was not oh, and this was not an old person that said this. This was probably know, someone just... around our age. So, anyways, I think that Chad's assessment will make a lot of people feel better. I just will say I I was not excited to see this movie. Like, I thought it was just more going to be like an action flick. I didn't really realize it was going to have so much of the spy layers and plots, twists and all of that sort of thing. So I wasn't super excited to see it. But then, the you know, the latest trailer looked pretty good. So I was mediocre about seeing it. And I will say I, I do agree with Chad's assessment to a certain extent. It was very twisty and convoluted to the point where... You know, you, you had to work to remember, like, wh- which characters were which and their names and where they are and what's mm-hmm. trying to figure out what's going on. And I don't dislike movies like that. I really like movies like that when the payoff turns into something, like, worth the mental effort. For me, this movie, I, I don't know that it paid off into something great. I think I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it probably more than I thought that I would as an overall movie. Um, Like Chad said, the action was particularly great. And I will say particularly the like 
female fighting when you're watching her fight it feels very real it feels like this is actually how a woman would fight versus just you fight differently as a woman like it was that was really impressive there was one sequence in particular i'm sure we'll talk about it in spoilers but it was a long (laughs) fight sequence that was just really awesome um although i will say the one thing that really bothered me about this and maybe it was just our theater i don't know but like i was sitting there marveling like wow this is so realistic the fighting looks so good like she looks awesome but then the sound effects were so jarringly loud and non-realistic in comparison to the fighting that it, it it irritated me greatly because I thought the fighting was so realistic. But anyways, that was just a little picky thing. So the action was great. Like Chad said, her character was interesting. I felt like her character could have been a lot more interesting without all the twistiness around the plot that really didn't matter in the end. Um, so I... I would I would say I'm a little bit more positive about the movie than Chad overall. Like I did enjoy it more than I thought I would. And I do like spy movies. I just felt like this was unnecessarily mentally challenging and the payoff for that mental challenge wasn't necessarily worth it. So it was pretty good. Uh, action was great. I'll probably forget about this movie before too long. <laughs> you already forgot about it. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Well, okay. too, but before Chris tells us how much he loved it and how wrong we are, yeah, <laughs> um, my my, I agree with you, Melody. I, I, I think for me, this wasn't as much as understanding the the dominoes that fall based on the puzzle that was put together, as much as just establishing the home base. This person's name is this, and this right. is who they are. Right. And this person is that, and who I think it failed in that area, and so as a result, it yes. then made it doubly hard to figure out. The puzzle pieces. So that's that's where I got stuck, I think. Yep, that's yeah. exactly I'm, it. I'm sure Chris loved it. So go ahead, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I really did like this movie a lot. Um, <laughs> I, this movie is just cool. Just just bar none. Every, the, the, um, the actual place is cool. The 80s, right before the Berlin Wall falls. The look of the film, the cinematography, the lighting choices. Because it's set in the 80s. And in Berlin, I love the fact that we get these popular 80s movies, but they're in German. I just think that's spectacular. Just a great kind of little nod. You're familiar with that song, but you're hearing it differently because you're here. Constant reminder. It just the the film is just it looks cool on every level. Sure, the plot is a lot more complex than what I was expecting it to be because I was really thinking this is going to be a female John Wick, and that was all it was going to be. And John Wick, I love because it's so simple, right? I mean, there's literally no plot in John Wick other than the fact something bad happens and now he's going to get revenge for it. And what's cool about that is how physical it is, how great it looks, the, the feel of the film. And I think this movie has that in spades. There is no doubt that like what Melody was saying, the physicality is just unbelievable. The, the sequence that she's talking about that's in the middle of this movie that I think uh, will, will go down as one of the greatest action sequences of all time, uh, something that will be uh, just, I mean, it really is amazing. It really, really is. There's nothing oh. quite like it because it's a, it is, it's something that was unexpected for me anyway. I didn't know that was going to happen. I hadn't read anything about it. And about midway through the sequence, I look over at Melody. And I'm like, what? This is still happening? Um, yes, it was. It is. Mm-hmm. It's great. I just really had a great time with this movie. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It is definitely complex, a little convoluted. I think overall, at the end of it, you understand 
what the filmmakers want you to understand. I, I obviously think that there are things to chew on and think about and say, wait a minute, what what did that mean? And why did that happen? And why did that person say this? But I think overall, um, after you understand um, what happens at the end, you you get get why things had to happen the way they had to happen. And I think overall, it was really just just well done and well made. Um, I, I mean, look, this, this, this has style and spades. If you enjoy hand-to-hand combat, there's nothing really like this. This and John Wick, I think, are kind of very similar in their their pace uh, and how they, they kind of choreograph fights in a way that's very visceral. You can actually see it. It's not quick cuts and shaky cam. Uh, it's the opposite of that. It's physicality and showing you what these what these amazing performers are doing on the screen. And that is something you don't see very often because normally it's just a an easier thing to just do quick cuts. You do this and then that and then this and then that and they go the opposite direction with this. And I really appreciated it. So um, I think the, the James McAvoy was really great in this movie. I think he, his character and the way he played it, man, he is just really good. Man. Between this and um, Split... He is just on a different level for me. He really can can play this kind of uh, you never know what that character is going to do at any particular time, uh, and it's just it's tense. And uh, I think he does a really great job at that. And the supporting cast is fantastic. John Goodman is good in this. What's his name? Toby Jones, I think, is his name. Yeah, he's just this interesting looking actor um, who plays like the um, the MI6 uh, debriefer. Um, and I really liked him. Like this, Bill Skarsgård brought a, 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 an amazing character too. I just think that this, the whole way that this film was fleshed out um, and, uh, and and done was really fantastic. I had a great time with it. I really, really did. So I liked Atomic Blonde probably more than you guys did. Uh, it sounds like Shocker. anyway. <laughs> um, uh, but I look, sci-fi and spy movies are my jam and we get to talk about both of them on this episode of the screeners podcast so i am in heaven so uh anyway (laughs) there we go all right so chad what is what would you say theater rental or skip it this is right on the line for me between theater and rental but just because and we're going to dig into it in spoilers here in just a second yeah just on the virtuosity of that one action set piece alone, I'm yes. gonna say I'm gonna tilt towards theater. Yeah. Um, and 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 we should say too that critically, this has been uh, pretty acclaimed. I believe it's at 75 or 76 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So people are definitely responding to this movie in a positive way. And I I don't want to come I don't want to come across too negatively because I did enjoy it. I loved the I loved the 80 setting. I loved the vibe. I just couldn't fully embrace it because it was so frustratingly obtuse. Uh, huh. But I'm gonna, I'm still gonna say it's, it's just barely there. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it the nod to the theater because it. I, I'm actually gonna agree with you, Chris. I think this is one of the top ten action hand-to-hand oh. fights that yeah. we've ever seen in cinema. It's great. Easy. E- I mean, easily. Come on. Uh, yeah, Melody. How about you? Yeah, I'm gonna agree with that. I think you know, it. You could definitely still enjoy this as a rental, and you know. You should see it. If you don't see it in the theater, you should see it that way. But if you can get to the theater and see this, you'll you'll enjoy it. it. It's a fun it's a fun movie, and like they said, that those sequences are pretty sweet. Yeah, and and you know, I I would definitely say that seeing it in the theater is the way to go. I think if you're going to enjoy a movie, that's the best way to see it. But I would say that if you miss it in the theater, it is 
it's going to be worth seeing at home. Uh, I think you just shouldn't miss this movie. Um, if you kind of passed it off and you thought it was just going to be another not very great action movie, this is the opposite of that. It is it is really good. Uh, it's a great film to go see. So make sure you do. Okay, let's go ahead and hop into spoilers. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? There's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führers brought me off my house in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. And in the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. And he's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. Then I woke up. Chad, you were saying it was unnecessarily convoluted, I believe. Um, Yeah. So for me, this this action set piece that we've all been dancing around, which starts with uh, her in the stairwell with a couple of guys that we've seen a lot in the trailers. For me, this is where the movie finally comes into focus because... And again, I'm not I'm not trying to be simple about it, but at, at its most base level, what we get here is a very simple mechanism that tells us she needs to escort this guy to safety. And between this guy and safety are these bad people that want to kill them. Right. And so it, it adds that intrinsic element of suspense. And can she get it there? And so it just comes into focus finally, because everything up to it at that point, even though it had some good action was very much like I've said, I don't want to beat a dead horse. It, it's just difficult for me to get my, my fingers into it and really latch on and enjoy it because I'm still confused about now, who is that guy again? And, and not from a plot standpoint, but just from like literally, who is that guy Great. again? And so it, it, it's frustrating in that regard. But when it gets to this moment, it's clear what needs to be happened. It's clear what the objective is. And then on top of it, it's some of the greatest hand-to-hand combat we've ever seen. And I think Melody hit hit the nail right on the head. It's primarily because it's a different kind of excitement because she fights. And I don't mean this in a sexist way, but she fights like a woman yeah. would fight who is who is fighting against people that are probably physically stronger and she's outnumbered, but she's not all of a sudden magically stronger than she normally Mm -hmm. would be. She just uses everything around her. And what I loved about it, they actually hurt each other. Like they're standing up and falling back down and they're beat up. And so there's consequences to all that stuff. And that made me like it even more. There's a moment there where we're, he says there's two more i thought the scene was over and the guy's like there's two more downstairs and yep. then it goes on again so it was great and so from that point forward it gains momentum because you understand the stakes the chess pieces are on the table and then it's able to finish with the crossing and the double crossing and then what we find out is the triple cross yeah and that all makes sense at the end it's yeah. just all it really is almost like literally everything up to that moment i was i couldn't i didn't care about it and huh. then all of a sudden i did so that's just me. It's just how it, it's just how it hit me. I just yeah. love. Oh, sorry, Melody. Go ahead. You were gonna say something. Well, yeah, I agree. I think like the the only thing that had me still hopeful up to that point is like when you first see her, like you know she's gonna go through something like that because you see all the bruises all over her right. body and you know and what split a cool lip way to, and, to open too. Yeah, yeah. The, yes. the open was great, and so it it had me hopeful. Like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna see something much greater than what we've seen. And so when that came, like it was like all right. This is what we've been waiting for. This is worth the price of admission. 
this is great filmmaking for sure. And it just keeps going. That yep. sequence is just when they went outside and then they got in the car. I was just like, "What? We're yeah. we're, we're still going?" Was it- and the umbrellas, all of that. Yeah. We're awesome. still going? Yeah, I mean, it really is just, it's an incredible sequence. There's nothing like it. There really isn't. And obviously, they they hid cuts and all that stuff. But when you're watching it, it looks like it's all done in one, just wonderfully choreographed. You can see everything. We're not going to do shaky cam close up on random body parts. It's going to be, you're going to see it all. It's yeah. going to be physical Charlize Theron absolutely did this. Yeah. Um, she, what I heard amazing. on another podcast I was listening to, apparently, she chipped uh, and broke three teeth uh, oh. shooting this movie. Um, so, I mean, it's not like she had a body double in there for for a lot of this stuff. She was she was doing she was doing that stuff, and it's just it really is great. It really is. Um, it, it's 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 incredible. Plot stuff. I've heard a lot of people talk about how convoluted it is and all that stuff. And I kind of agree-ish, but I think by the end of it, like you said, Chad, it all makes sense. Uh, it all it all gels together and, and comes together. It does. The, the problem is that just the mental work you're having to do for the first yeah. half, that's, you, you could have, they could have written it without that. It would have still been a great movie. But. I feel the same way about Dunkirk. Exactly. Yeah. It. It. it it's, yeah. But it's, in this it's case, needlessly... you're wrong about Dunkirk, and you're right. And Melody's right <laughs> no, about this one. No. It's. It's the. It. It. It is. It's very similar in the fact that it's the structure that the the filmmaker decided to go with to keep us in the dark, just on purpose. Um. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's yeah, an okay. Yeah. But thing. There, there's a big difference there. They're not trying to keep us in the dark on purpose in this movie. They're just writing poorly. Yeah. They're not. They're not. If they were trying to hide things from a plot standpoint, okay. And they are to some degree, but this is just really poorly. I, I, I mean, that, I that opening scene with the the opening scene where the with the really bad green screen, by the way, where the guy get hit gets hit by the car, and then that kind of starts the whole thing, and then it moves immediately into uh, the debrief, and, yeah. and she comes in. Those those first two pieces are fine because we're like we understand where we are, we get the stakes, and then it immediately jumps into into no man's land. Nobody, it's I didn't understand. Who the people were, they would say a name one time, you'd see a face in shadow, and then they'd come back, and then you'd hear somebody reference them in another conversation. And it was just extremely difficult to follow. So it wasn't see, the I'm construct. Just, I, I'm just of smarter the than director. you are because I'm able to. I'm able to follow that stuff. I, listen, I'm glad that you think Atomic Blonde is superior to Dunkirk. So I think that's a lot. Right I did not. I did not say that. I'm pretty sure that's what I heard. No, I, I did so. not say that. I think so. Nope. Anyway. Nope, nope. It's fine. It's fine. I, I mean, this movie is obviously more interested in creating a, a vibe and a feel, and and that's fine. Um, but I And I like the fact that it is very spy-driven, because very much like you guys, I love a good spy drama. I just think this one is, they tried to have their cake and eat it too here, and as a result, it just didn't, it just didn't land for me as much until gotcha. they got to that one action scene, and there to the end, all the chips fell down just right. So Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think we all enjoy, appreciated this movie, enjoyed it quite a bit, and think that some of the stuff in it is fantastic, and then other stuff not so great. But I think overall, we all enjoyed it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yep. All right. Let's move into the top three. Three, two, one. The top three. In honor of our review of Atomic Blonde, we bring you our top three '80s action movies. So tonight, yes, tonight we will be looking at the best action movies of the 80s 
pretty self-explanatory, so I don't think we need to dive in anymore there. The rules are, needs to be an 80s action movie. All right, everybody, let's dive in. All what right, is so an action go- movie? <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, boy. All right. This is an argument on my Facebook post that I posted this on. People really? didn't know what an action movie is. Yeah, but the people in your post don't know what an action That's exactly <laughs> right. I said oh, it. Boy. All right, Chris. Well, then we'll dive right in with you. Those what are some is words. Your, what, what were your rules, and what is your number three 80s action movie? Okay, so um, you know, pretty much what you just described, uh, an 80s movie that came out that was known for action. And I tried to do the ones that I had seen while I was growing up or that I remembered fondly, not necessarily as an adult. Because some of these movies... Um, I saw after I had kind of turned 18, was on my own, because there's a whole long thing here to talk about. But when I was growing up, I wasn't able, I wasn't allowed to see rated R movies. Obviously, I wasn't 18 or whatever. And um, so anyway, so there's a lot of films I just didn't see on this list. Or if I did see them, they were heavily edited on television. And so a lot of these movies are that. I remember the edited versions of these films, and I'd have to fast forward through the commercials to continue the movie. I don't know if any of you grew up like that, but that was the way I grew up uh, watching these R rated films that I thought were fairly clean. And then seeing when I was older, like, Whoa, this was a dirty movie. I didn't realize that. So my number three in this category was one growing up that I loved. In fact, I watched this movie so many times. It was great. It was about a, a group of kids whose dads were in seal team six and seal team six got called to North Korea. They were stationed in South Korea. Uh, And so they get called to North Korea and their dads get captured by the North Koreans and the kids have to go rescue them. And this movie was called The Rescue. Have you guys seen this movie? What? No. Have you seen this movie? I have not, but I want to based on your description. (laughs) It is unbelievable. It It is so great. It's kind of, it's very similar to the way I felt watching, it's, it's not a comedy at all, but like Home Alone, where like all the adults are off, you know, bureaucratting, right? So the general's like, no, we can't go get them in there in North Korea. We've got to disavow them. We can't pretend. And so the kid's are like, no, we're going to sneak into North Korea and get our dads back. And it is. <laughs> Sounds very realistic. It is awesome. <laughs> well, they're older. They're, they're, they're I mean, they're, they're. Welcome two, to the 80s. They're two older kids. They're like, you know. Anyway, so I love this movie. Uh, I think it's on HBO Go, actually, and I okay. found it. I, for years, I couldn't find it, and then it was on HBO Go, and I watched it maybe a couple of weeks ago, and it is it's it's a lot more violent. <laughs> it's a lot more violent, and there's cursing in it, but I saw the edited version, um, wow. but I, I thought it was great. I loved that movie so much. It's called The Rescue. All right, mm-hmm. surprise pick from Chris there. Melody, we'll go to you. What is your number three 80s action movie? You know, when I heard that we were doing this as our list, I was like, oh, that'll be so easy. I love so many old action movies, and I can go back to my memories and pick three that I loved. But then I realized I really love all the early 90s action movies, <laughs> and I'm not a giant. Like, I really had trouble with this list, you guys. So be snarky if you must, but my list is just what it is. These are actually my top three 80s action movies, and I don't care if they're not yours. So my number three <laughs> wow. movie, and I don't also don't care if you consider them action movies or not, because for the purpose of this list, they're <laughs> no considered rules. action movies. No rules. Okay, Star Trek II Wrath of Khan. There's lots of action in that movie. Sure. It's a great film, so it's getting my number three pick. That's a legit pick. That's a legit no, it's pick. Not. Thank you. That's not Thank an you, action Daniel. movie. That is not Absolutely an action movie. Absolutely it is. What are you talking There's about? There's so much no. action. 
Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I think that's a fair pick. All right, Chad, let's see what a real action movie looks like. What's your number three pick? Correct. That was not an action movie, but whatever. So let me also, the way I had to do this movie, because I, I actually, my adolescence was in the 80s, and so I lived with so many of these movies before the days when you could watch them endlessly on repeat online. You would have VHS tapes that would literally fall apart from yeah. watching them so much. And so I had to make a set of rules because there are some like clear best of kinds of movies out there in the 80s, some iconic movies. So in order for me to actually make a list that made sense that I could rank, what I had to do was pick my top three 80s movies that I watched the most and had the most impact as a kid during the 80s, right. not what I think now is the best movies. Interesting. Okay? Yep. That's, so that's, that, very that, 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 that's very similar. That's very similar to yeah, what I was saying. That, yep. that's, that's, that's what I had to do. So my number three, because these movies are not going to be at the top of most people's list, but right. I don't care for me they like shape my life son so here we go there we go number three is is the movie blood sport yes jean claude van damme yes. <laughs> this was like the first movie which had like so much blood that we were allowed to watch as kids and dude it's, that bone all, coming it, through yes, the leg yes oh. it's 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 all about a, a, a tournament uh, a blood sport tournament that jean claude van damme enters and the whole movie is based around the confrontation between you know van damme and the bad guy and i've watched this movie 150 times my we, all of our friends used to get together and watch it and so for me number three blood sport and you can't take it away from me. <laughs> I would never dare try. Uh, so I was born in 1992. So, yeah. I wasn't, what movies did you see in the 80s? What? Oh, uh, oh math I didn't work. see any movies in the 80s. So mm. my list is fairly boring uh, because I, I pretty much just picked the classics. So, uh, you know, these are the ones that are at the top of any normal list you would see. These are like the the, the normal picks here. So... I'm not going to have anything as interesting as The Rescue or Bloodsport, but for my number three pick, I have Aliens, which is an amazing movie, fantastic pick. Uh, but you can't call your own pick fantastic. Oh, I'm, I called it. I called it because <laughs> somebody it's an else has movie. to do that. Hey, I have to say, I, I I did forget to mention this in caveat that I did not include like I think what you were saying. The classics, like right, there are right, some. Yeah. I, I think the greatest action movie ever made was made in the '80s. I'm not putting that on my right. list. So, sure, exactly. and that's fair, but you know, I, I caught up on all these movies, that's fine, uh, that's fine, you know, 10 that's years fair. ago. So, I haven't that's watched fair. a lot of those classic ones, or ago. a lot of those random ones. So, uh, so yeah, so Aliens is my pick. All right, we'll go back to you, Chris. What's yeah. your number two pick? Okay, so for me, I uh, love my comedy and my action together. And again, this is another edited, heavily edited. Uh, movie. I don't even know if I've actually watched this unedited. I feel like I should. And today, putting this together, I was like, oh man, I need to revisit this because I watched the trailer for this. But this is a great movie. I remember enjoying this so much. And I thought it was so kind of adult at the time. Uh, and that is Beverly Hills Cop 2. Um, <laughs> I, I loved that movie. I thought it was so much fun and funny. Uh, anyway, and, and some of the jokes I think are probably going to fall apart because of the edited version, how he, how they edited his, his yep. language. Um, it may not be so nostalgic for me actually when I think <laughs> about it going back. So anyway, Beverly Hills Cop 2. All right. Nice pick. Uh, Melody, what is your number two choice? Well, guys, I wish that I had something really creative and fun to tell you for my number two pick. And I'm sure this is the movie you're talking about that is the best action movie, but somebody had to put it on their list. So 
going with Die Hard because oh, yeah. it's yeah. clearly no. the best action movie of the of 80s. Of course. And it has to be on the yep. list. Nobody can it. argue that. I would remove For the sure. caveat uh, of the 80s. I would just say the best action movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's I what could, I was saying. I could yeah, agree that, with that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Die Hard is the one that is the, yep. one of the very best action movies of all time. Yep. There's of course very it little is. doubt. There no you doubt. Have it. Great pick. All right, Chad, what is your number two 80s action movie? Well, I would like to preemptively say that this pick is going to be fantastic. Since we're all <laughs> yeah, you are. You are. And so you are. Uh, for me, believe it or not, Chris, you snuck in, or I'm sorry, you, you mentioned your number two was Beverly Hills Cop 2, and I remember yeah. sneaking into the theater to uh, see that because oh, wow. in the old days you could sneak in and it was pretty easy because yeah. I wasn't old enough to see it. But my number two is actually Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, the original. Oh yeah. wow! Loved that movie. Watched it so many times. Had all the lines memorized. Yeah. And I, I don't. I'm pretty sure that we watched the um, edited version as well because I don't because we knew all the lines and I don't remember cursing a lot when I was like 12. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. I'm pretty yeah. sure I watched the edited version of well as well. But yeah, it was my clear number two. I love that movie and the character of Axel Foley it will go down as one of the greats. So that yeah, it's a great pick. It's so funny because I saw Beverly Hills Cop two first. Um, oh, yeah. And so that's the reason why I just go back to it. Um, yeah, I've seen yes. one, but I just, I honestly, it's they so definitely, funny. They definitely they the, up to the action in yes. part two yes. a lot. It, that's what I was going to say. Is I remember the, the Beverly Hills Cop two just is there's more explosions and car chases yeah. and crazy stuff happening. Yeah. Yep. All right, that's a great pick uh, for me. Yet another uh, unoriginal choice, but one of the another one of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, my number two pick is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, oh, sure. Probably, yeah. probably the yep. best adventure movie ever made. It's a classic. So, yeah, so that's my it pick. Is. All right, back to you, Chris. Okay, what is your favorite 80s action movie of all time? Okay, so remember, this is not what I would consider to be the best, everybody. Sure. So please don't send me hate mail. But um, <laughs> I remember I was not able to see – this is another sequel, and I wasn't able to see the first one in – in the theater because I was too young at the time, but I can remember going to the store and purchasing micro machines. Do you guys remember micro machines? Of course. Um, and uh, micro machines are these <laughs> tiny little, <laughs> they're wow. toys, tiny little versions of cars or vehicles or whatever. And I remember buying the vehicles right before I went to go see the vehicles for back to the future part two. Uh, and I remember the taxi and the DeLorean uh, and um, oh, I can't remember what the third one was, but anyway, I, I loved those things so much. And that movie, I, I, I absolutely adore. So for me, one of the best movies I still enjoy quite a bit, and I wish I had a poster of it on my wall. I really should get one. But Back to the Future Part Two, I that movie's fantastic for me. So that is my yep. number one. I'm gonna call foul. That's not an action. It movie. is not an action. Yeah. Please continue, Dan. Sure about that. The Farrell household is. Sorry, like, give me. Give, we, we, we've come to expect this from you, Chris. But give it's okay. me a Go give ahead, me a Dan. definition of an action movie. Not action. Back to the Future Two. <laughs> not Back <laughs> to the Future Two. Yeah, that's my definition. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Wow. All right. Yeah. That movie is amazing. With movie. Nothing but action. It's a great movie. It's a great movie uh, that has very it's little action. action. All right, Melody, what, <laughs> what is your favorite? <laughs> what is your favorite action movie of the '80s? Well, I was very pleased to discover that this film did indeed come out in the '80s, uh, and I feel like it is the correct answer for. I feel like it could, you know, go into a lot of different top three lists, but it fits into this one. It definitely does, especially based on Daniel's last pick. So my number one is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. 
One of the best movies there you go. of all time. Great pick. No doubt. No that, doubt. That's a great pick. That's mm-hmm. a great pick. Awesome. Yeah, can't argue with that. All right, Chad, what is your favorite 80s action movie? So my number one, first of all, goes without saying that this is the Rocky Three and Four memorial list. Those both came out in <laughs> oh, the yeah, 80s. absolutely. Got to get a Rocky plug in I for must 3 break and 4. You. Clubber Lang and Ivan Drago. Uh, But my number one was a movie that literally took over an entire summer from my neighborhood where I lived. There were about six buddies that we all had. And we were so inspired by this movie that we went out into our backyards and in the in the mountains where I lived behind the backyards and dug tunnels and trenches and we prepared yeah. for the soon coming yes. Russian invasion. Oh, wow. And I am not kidding. We literally built forts and dug trenches and tunnels because we were convinced that Russia was going to invade. Yeah, and that yeah. was 1984 original Red Dawn starring Patrick Swayze. Love that movie today. The remake is garbage. Yeah. But Red you. Dawn in 1984 was the real deal, my friend, and it still holds up. Wolverines. Love it. Love <laughs> that it. Movie love is, it. That movie is fantastic. Yeah. I, I, for some reason, that did not even occur to me. But, uh, yeah, yep. that movie is fantastic. Yeah, yeah Chris, it when is. you were Great. setting up your, uh, The Rescue, is it? I, I yeah. thought for a second, because I forgot who the villains were in Red Dawn. I thought you were setting up Red Dawn, actually. No. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, Red Dawn was on my list of uh, of um, uh, possibilities for me, um, as was all the Indiana Jones and, yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. But I kind of wanted to do stuff that I really remember having like a just a, a relationship a with. You know yeah, what I mean? Man. Like these movies, like these they, movies are matter oh, when you're yeah. like twelve and thirteen, yeah. or when you guys are like one or two or whatever you were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, for my for my number one pick is a movie that I actually did well. I didn't watch it in the 80s, of course, Uh, but I did actually kind of grow up watching this movie. I I watched it probably when I was far too young. Uh, My dad showed me this movie, and that's a movie we've already mentioned, Die Hard. It is the greatest action movie ever, and uh, it's the best action movie of the 80s, so that is my pick. Uh, That is is the correct answer if you were going for the the normal, I didn't actually grow up in the 80s list, Daniel. Yes, which that applies to me. So, uh, (laughs) all right. So uh, we've already heard a few, but let's go around real fast and uh, give some honorable mentions. Chris, what are your picks? I mean, honestly, these are the ones that, like I said before, that would have made the list if I was trying to go for more generic. But Empire Strikes Back would be one for me on here. Mm-hmm. The Terminator would be on here. I loved the Lethal Weapon franchise. Um, that would make it on there. And then one movie that I didn't see until much later, but I still think is really great. Uh, it's almost uh, the jaws of sci-fi, and that is the, a movie called Predator. Um, that movie no doubt. Uh, is awesome so yeah okay all right melody honorable mentions my honorable mentions yes i think they've all already been honorably mentioned but i had aliens on my list i had raiders of the lost ark and i also had predator so chris we're thinking along the same lines that's what i got i just watched predator for the first time maybe a month or two ago uh it's okay I didn't uh, shut up. Didn't, uh, didn't shut up. Oh, it's okay. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> All right, Chad. What are your honorable mentions? Did you see his bicep? I mean, come on, dude. Oh boy. Come on. Um, for me, I kept within my rules about not necessarily picking the classics, so I ha- only had one honorable mention: a movie called American Ninja. Oh my gosh! <laughs> what that Michael, movie's terrible. Michael Dudikoff. That movie's awesome. That movie's we terrible. We used to dress up like ninjas, and I had five brothers. People, we were like ninjas. Oh and We had man. like toilet paper rolls, and it was crazy town. You don't want to know about it. So anyway, that movie. Ninja. That movie is garbage. <laughs> you be careful. You be careful. <laughs> you know it is. 
Oh, no, wow. it's not. How dare you? Yeah, I, uh, I don't really have anything special to add. The Terminator, Lethal Weapon. Uh, nobody actually mentioned Batman. That's another great 80s action movie, the original yep. Michael Keaton. Um, but, yeah, I have yep. nothing super uh, underground to mention. But we did ha- get some picks from Facebook. Chad, did you have anybody chiming in with you? I did. I had four people very quickly. Rob Alderman said, of course, number one, Die Hard. Number two, it's a good pick, Hard Boiled, the John Woo yeah. version. Mm, yeah. Great movie. And then, of course, he had Lethal Weapon Raiders and John Wick because he's a moron. He's just trolling there. Hard anyway, Boiled Hard Boiled was in the <laughs> 80s? Uh, Are we sure that? Kinda that kind of doesn't seem like it. Let's see. Maybe John Woo was like a 90s thing. Yeah. But maybe I'm wrong. That seems but like it, is, uh, it missed it. 1992. Yeah. Rob Alderman, you are I the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> qualified. <laughs> then we had Kevin Welch, who said uh, he <laughs> he broke his up into two tiers. <laughs> Tier A, one, two, and three is Die Hard, Jedi, and Temple of Doom. And B list is Escape from New York, Surf Nazis Must Die, <laughs> and Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across oh, the Eighth boy. Dimension. Oh, come and on. That's that Kevin. A- then we had Anthony Currington from New Zealand who said Rambo, Die Hard, Top Gun, Lethal Weapon, Terminator, Raiders, Tron, Oof. The Last Starfighter, Whoa. awesome movie, Whoa. Running Man, Batman, Iron Eagle. Oh, gosh. And then he said the 80s had so many good ones, and I was just about to say I don't think the number three is the same in America it is in New Zealand, but <laughs> he explained it why he did it. And then finally we had Diane Glover who said Die Hard, Batman, and Raiders. So I think we got pretty pretty good consensus there except for Rob Alderman who picked all the 90s movies yeah. and one 2010 movie, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Chris, you had some people chiming in on your Facebook page as well, right? Yes. Um, I'm going to go through the normal stuff, and then we had a little bit of a debate going on in my Facebook uh, post. There so, is no debate. So the, 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 a lot of folks chimed in. Um, let's see here. Mike Cook said uh, Rambo, which we didn't mention. Hmm. Uh, that's a good one. Rocky, you mentioned that. He says Robot Cop, but I think he's thinking RoboCop. Robo. That probably <laughs> was a, uh, <laughs> uh, an autocorrect. No, uh, it was the uh, B version of uh, Robot, <laughs> Robot, Robot Cop. Cop. Yeah. yeah. Ter- uh, Terminator, uh, he also mentioned. And then uh, Dara mentioned Missing in Action. Are we familiar mm. with that? I don't, I don't even know, know what that, that is. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. She mentioned ta- uh, Die Hard, Tango and Cash. Hmm. See what others mentioned. 48 Hours. Oh, my goodness. I forgot. Big Trouble in Little China. That is an interesting movie. That is a cult classic as well. It's a great movie. Um, And then Beverly Silcop. She said, you found my decade. Uh, What can I say? (laughs) Yeah. Missing in Action is a Chuck Norris movie. It's freaking great. I forgot all about that. That's a good pick. That's right. Yeah, that is a good one. Okay. So the image um, that we shared from the screeners that said, what are your top three 80s action movies? The image that we showed had Rambo on it. Uh, it had the Terminator on it. And it also had Tom Cruise as Maverick in the classic action film, <laughs> Top Gun. Correct. Um, and so uh, I had several people, uh, the very first comment, in fact, on this post, <clears throat> sorry, but Top Gun is a chick flick, no matter what you say. And no then other people say, said Chris. it's a romantic comedy. Uh, people saying that Top Gun uh, fits squarely in the romance section of no matter what you say no matter what you say no matter what i say (laughs) um so i wanted to have your guys's opinions on here number one does it matter should it matter do genre are genres helpful is this a thing we should no longer be talking about or am i actually correct and also itunes in categorizing top gun (laughs) 
as an action movie. And also iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, just, I, I shared an image from my television. I looked up Top Gun, and it says genre, action. Now, normally, if it, if it fills in other, like, you know, you'll see sci-fi horror, or you'll see, um, you know, a couple of different actions, you know, a, a couple of different genres. Um, but no, this one's just, just action. It's uh, just action. So what do you guys think? Uh, Top Gun... Uh, is is that movie a romantic comedy, a action film, uh, or is it just a straight up romance? And I've been wrong my entire life. I've been lied to. I think. Daniel, what do you think? I think. Uh, first of all, the movie sucks. Uh, second of all, <gasps> I it has think a fifty-six on Rotten Tomato. By the way, I do not 56. enjoy that movie. Uh, <laughs> it is a romantic drama with. Well, it's certainly got more action than Back to the Future Part 2. I can tell you that right <laughs> That's now. True. Uh, That's true. What do you define as action? This, uh, you no, know, there's a lot, so much action in Back to the Future 2. What are you, what are you talking but about? There, but there is some action in Top Gun. I don't think they're wrong in saying it's a romantic kind of chick flick, but there is some action in there. So you would say Top Gun is a chick flick, not uh, actually. Not, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's a chick flick, but there, there's, there's Let's it's, talk it's more to the of a romance. chick. Let's talk to the chick that is actually on with us. Melody, <laughs> what, what would you say about this topic? This is a hot topic. People this are discussing this. This is a hot this. topic. Hey, and here's the thing. So I, although have not seen lots of 80s action movies and could not have given you a very good list, which I tried to do, but it wasn't very good, I can give you plenty of great 80s romantic comedies because in my former life, I used to really like romantic comedies. But never have I ever classified Top Gun on a list of romantic comedies. Although there is some romance in it, it, it certainly does not qualify as that genre in my mind. So I don't really understand the argument. All right, that's, case closed. Good. My, we don't need, yeah, we don't need let, to go to chat. Just very, to chat. No, no, no. Just, I have to, we have to real quick. So look, look, The Princess Bride, Say Anything, When Harry Met Sally, Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles, Can't Buy Me Love, Moonstruck, Big Splash, Roxanne, Mannequin, Better Off Dead, Overboard. Those are freaking romantic <laughs> comedies. <laughs> Top Gun is an action movie. The end of the story. Thank you. And that's all I have to say. Fantastic. Well said. All right, I think that about wraps up our top three 80s action movies. As always, joining the conversation with us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you on our next episode where we're reviewing The Dark Tower. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.